Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. What a good attitude. What a good attitude. Um, Dave, would you ask God's blessing and begin us with prayer? Amen. Um, lesson five, we missed one Wednesday night since we started um, with the hurricane. So we are now in lesson five, and uh, you, should, you should have a printed back to that as well as a front outline that we'll go, we'll go over the front outline uh, tonight. Um, and if you're new, does everybody have a back to yours? You got writing on the back? Okay. Uh, those are some general things about uh, the Gospels, especially the Gospel of John. Okay, those are just some general things. And what that is to help you to do is to get it, uh, John, in perspective with the other, with the other Gospels. And, uh, well, get John in perspective, you know, and... Uh, uh, so uh, do that. We won't go over those uh, every night, okay? But we, we will, um, they will be on the test, okay? They'll be on the test when you do the test. All right. Very good. Um, how many endings are there to the gospel according to John? Who's, who says two? You all are doing really good. <laughs> well, we, 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 sh we should do a little uh, homework when we get together by, by way of introduction. Okay. Now, the reason there are two endings on there, we will do when we, when we get to it. And we will get to it. All right. So... Um, there are two endings, and, and why there are two endings is uh, something uh, we'll work on when, when we get there, okay? You might want to work on that ahead of time, but uh, we, we got other stuff uh, to do in the meantime. Okay, so, okay. Now, we want to do the, the text that we didn't do last week, that's... Um, Chapter 3, 31 through 36, we did not do last week. We will do this week, okay? Um, and actually, I think it's going to work out really good for us to do that. Uh, 31 through 36 is a prime example of John not telling you who's talking. And you can't figure it out. Okay, we don't know, uh, I mean, there's, there's not necessarily Jesus talking here, um, John the Baptist uh, talking here, he's part of this uh, conversation, or, or John himself talking. We, we uh, just, just look at it and, and, and 
let it soak into you and realize that John wants to leave that ambiguous, we'll put it that way. He leave that ambiguous. And all, all, all through the gospel, there, there are things like that. So who's doing that? Somebody doing that? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's like uh, we're going to do the woman at the well tonight. Okay. And so we, we got all this conversation. We'll talk about that when we get there. We got all this conversation going on. But John never tells us how he got that information. <laughs> we, will, we'll, we will talk a little bit about that before, before we do that, okay? So let's, uh, uh-oh. We got technical difficulties, okay? There we go. All right, all right. Uh, the one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the spirit without limit. Now that, now, now uh, remember, now this is just a Jesus here. The spirit goes without limit here, just a Jesus, okay? Later it will uh, uh, branch out from that, okay? Uh, and, and John has his way of, of putting that down, okay? And we, we want to pick up on that. If you want to jump ahead sometime, it's in the 19th chapter, okay? Uh, but just to see that the Lord gives his spirit, God gives his spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. And remember, the emphasis here is not on the length of life, but the quality of the life that you get when you believe in him. Okay? Um, his first sign that he, first miracle that Jesus does, what does he do? And mainly that is speaking about the joy and exuberance of life. You know, wine makes the heart of man merry, uh, helps in the social celebration of the wedding, and, and, and so... It, it is a joyful life, okay? Not, well, we do that every once in a while here in our church that we point out that people that look like they're sucking on lemons are not what <laughs> is part of normal church, right? R right, they're not, okay? So the, the, the life that you get is one that is filled with joy, Joy is the normal response to grace. Thank you. Get that down. Joy is the normal response to grace. Even if, now, if I get really, really happy about something, I'll cry. 
Yeah, I doesn't mean I'm sad. Okay, it's just, but it's my way of expressing it, this immense joy. Okay, and and so uh, that's the normal response to grace is joy. So the normal response to God is what? Joy. And His grace for you. Okay. Uh, Father, love the Son is everything. Whoever believes in him has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on, on them. Uh, and that's why Jesus doesn't have to judge here, okay? He's come, he comes along, and he says, come follow me. And those who believe follow him, and those who do not stay exactly where they are, literally where they are because they have not moved out. They stayed there, and they're under the wrath of God, okay? All right, that's, a, that's not a good way to say that, but it, I do the best I can. Now, that, that is, you, know, you get the statement there, that, uh, but, but we don't have evidence who this is from, okay? This could be from Jesus talking about his role and that kind of thing, or... Uh, John himself, okay? Uh, but that's, that's the way he loves to do it. Okay, now let's go to uh, chapter 4. And I, I, there's just no way to cut this up too much. All right, uh, so that's what. So we have this long story here of this interaction now uh, with Jesus and this woman, okay? Um. Those are bullet points that we should cover somehow, um, breaking down barriers, uh, living water, facing the truth, uh, true word. We should, we should touch on those as we go through, uh, go through these 42 verses, okay? Let's, let's begin. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and the word is out. Uh, and it, it seems to me like in this text here that uh, Jesus is becoming more of a threat to the Pharisees because he is becoming so popular. It, that's, what it, that's what it tastes like to me. That's what... Uh, the flavor that I'm getting there. Okay. Now, he had to go through Samaria. Boy, that is a great statement. This is not the normal route. If, if I bore you with some of the things, you always go over here, that's fine. Um, we'll, we'll work through that, okay? But, but he, he doesn't have to, there's no fences that forces him to go through Samaria. Matter of fact, most Jews didn't go through Samaria. They would go around uh, they just didn't like Samaritans, okay? But when it comes, but John says he's got to go through Samaria. It's almost like he had this rendezvous that he had, an appointment that he had to meet. And so here he, here he goes. He's going to go right through Samaria. Uh, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down 
by the well, it was about noon. Um, I, th I think that's according to Roman time, but and, and the times are, are uh, really hard to mess with, but uh, th this text says it's about noon, and, I th and it's normal to stop in uh, the semi-arid countries for noon for the siesta. Uh, you just don't go out in, in that, kind of, that kind of sun, so you look for a place to have your siesta, and, and uh, Jesus has found one there at the well. Uh, what sticks out to you in what we just read? Yeah, it, it sticks right out. It, to me, it just jumps right out at me that here you have God himself who is visiting planet Earth and he's experiencing much of the limitations that we have to live with, and that is limitation of being tired. Not to mention pickleball last night. <laughs> it was hard to tell. It was so ugly. I shouldn't say that. Uh, Frank is really helping us to get started playing pickleball, and it is really working well, and, and it is fun. But here, here is Jesus who's experiencing this idea of being tired, being worn out from the trip, and, uh, and, and he's, he's identifying with, the human, with, with us in, in ways that we would not imagine um, for. Okay. Uh, so you could apply the ground. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? It is not normal for a woman to be at the well in noon to get water. Now, there's a whole story there. That's a whole story right there. It just isn't normal. When would be the normal time to get water? In the cool of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you want to get the kids off right, then uh, get your husband off to rights, and they may need a little something to wash up with in the morning or uh, something to drink, and, and, and you would have that as... as uh, the, the woman, you, you would have that if you go to the well early. Plus, what else do you get if you go to the well early? I, you guys get this, okay? You, I, I have this feeling. Was that where you were? Okay, okay. Yeah, the well is the sidecar gazette. You... Anything that's important would come up with, and now tell the truth, ladies, that is delightful to do that, to get together with the gals and just cackle, have fun. Isn't that fun? Now, you look, look, we got to talk about such things. We, we got I, this is not about guys. When it comes time, I'll, we'll talk about guys. It's all right. Here's, here's, here's what I'm thinking. Here's, here's, let, 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 me, let me move along a little bit, okay? Here's what I'm thinking. 
that that is a joyous time in a, uh, doing drudgery work. What makes that drudgery work palatable is what? Meeting with the other women at the well and talking about what happened last night. Who had big arguments and shouting matches last night? We we know that. It's going to come up there. You'll not miss it. But here, here, here's this woman now who doesn't have that in her life. It, she, she's missing a, an important component of her life. Her joy is... She has the drudgery of the water pot and the carrying the water, but she doesn't have the joy of meeting with her other women. And, and for, for many reasons, we might come up with uh, all the reasons why the she, she does that. Yeah, she's probably avoiding uh, seeing the other women, and the other women may not be nice to her. I don't know. Um, so we, but these are things we don't know, but... But the, the text is asking us to inquire and to think about them. This is a real person who has a full and colorful life in some form. Okay? And there she is at the well, and she's meeting Jesus. And Jesus is meeting her. Okay. Where do we stop? Uh, a Samaritan woman. Oh, yeah. Came, um, will you get? But Jesus does what? Ask her first. Yeah. He, he asked her what? Give me a drink. Well, would, you, would you get me a drink? Okay. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. That's explanatory. So what are the disciples doing? They're looking for lunch. They're looking for lunch. They'll come back with lunch. We'll see that. Okay, let's go to our next slide. <clears throat> Samaritan woman said, yeah, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? That's a good question. Rabbis were forbidden to talk to women at all. Okay, but she's mentioned something else here that divides them completely. Jew, Gentile, unheard of. This is, Jesus is really outrageous here. And this is a text that really helped me to move into this area to... There are many barriers that you have in your mind that are not on planet Earth. You know what I'm and and we observe those barriers, but may not need to. Jesus didn't see those barriers. And so he looks like he's walking right through and leaving debris around, but he's not. Those, they don't actually exist. And 
you're following Jesus Christ will ask you time and time again, especially when you work on your self-image of who you are, of what is real and what is not, and what you have in your head may not be what is on planet Earth either. And you'll have to work at that. You'll have to work through that. Many of the divisions that you see, especially among people, don't really exist except in the mind of, a, of, of people, and, and it will remain there. And, and if they observe it, and, and you observe it, it, one can say it, that it exists, okay? But it doesn't. It's like night. Dark, I should say. Dark doesn't exist. But we talk about it as if it exists, that there's some kind of substance of dark out there. And actually, it doesn't, okay? It, like when you turn a light on, dark doesn't fight light. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It can't. It, why can't it fight light? It doesn't exist. <laughs> there's no such thing as dark. It's just a condition that we, that we talk about, okay? Yeah. And, and by the way, John loves to talk about these light and and dark, he, life and death, he loves to talk about those things. And But you, if you get him in close proximity, you can really learn about them. That's why, it's, to, to me, it's it's great to, to read this where um, a, a, a person survives the, the uh, uh, Holocaust, and but he was in these concentration camps. And in concentration camps, life and death is brought real close together. And you can see it. You can see, oh, my gosh, that adds to life, and that adds to death. You start seeing these things. That's what you need. You need that in your life. Okay. All right. So, <clears throat> so there, Jesus is just, he's just wading right through this stuff. He, he, he sees her, and he talks to her, and, and he asks her for a drink, and she right away, she's got all kinds of reasons not to. You ask for a drink? All right. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And I, Every time I read, I, I worked on this this week, too. Every time I read this, I hear an invitation. I just, hear an, I just hear an invitation in there. Because Jesus, of course, he wants the best for you. He wants you to have your best. And so he's not telling you this just for you to store these facts. He wants you to act on them in the most positive way for your life. And, and also you'll see here that she uses a complete different word for the well. Well, no, for the water. She uses, she says there's a well here. And Jesus wants to talk about living water, which is spring water. Now, the truth of the matter is the well may have been fed by a spring. Okay, so they're both right. Okay, I'm not, that, that's not what I want. But, but Jesus is talking about life and vitality. Okay, and she's talking about dead water, stagnant water, well water. Okay. Oh, you have. Oh, 
Oh, and she noticed right away that he's got nothing to, to draw with. He has no little bucket. And every, if you're going to make a trip in, in that, you've you got to have a bucket to get water. And what has happened is the disciples have took the bucket with them into town. So they got the bucket. Yeah, and left Jesus there. He's got no bucket. She says she can see that right away. I mean, because it's normal. If you're going to travel, you're going to have a bucket with you. You know, how else do you drink? You know, how else could you get water? And so uh, she said, well, you don't even have a bucket. And uh, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Uh, are you greater than, and I see her being sassy here. <laughs> you see, you see that? I'm so glad you do. I'm so glad you do. <laughs> She's being sassy here with him. And it's okay. He, he don't mind. And you know, drinking with you know, sir, you have a, can you get, are you greater than Father Jacob who gave us? Boy, there, there she connected herself with Jacob too. That's good. That's a good sign. Uh, who gave us the well to drink from it himself and did all his sons' livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I will give them will never be thirsty. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. God, of course, we'll get this in the spirit a little later, okay, when he breathes on them. 19th chapter, when he breathed on. Okay, said receive the spirit of God. But God intends for you to have the spirit in you that keeps replenishing itself from a place you don't know. You see? That's what a spring does. A spring gives you clear, cool water that comes from a place you don't know. But here's the best thing about it. It's a never-ending supply. And, and, you know, we'll talk about coming to our wit's end later in the gospel, okay, especially the sixth chapter for me, uh, coming to it. But, but you never are without the refreshing spring of God in your life once you begin to follow Jesus Christ. And I want you to get that from here as well as many other statements. What does this do in your life? It wells up. It, it increases and flows through your life. A spring of water welling up to eternal life. And what kind of life is that? A life worth living. That's one, we, we, I don't think we talk enough about this as, as Christians. One of the gifts that God gives us is a life worth living. And it is wonderful. Once you start down that path, it is absolutely wonderful. It's wonderful in a bunch of different ways. Sometimes it's wonderful in an awful disappointing way, and sometimes it's wonderful in a joyous, successful occasion. But whatever it is, it's life, and it is meant to be lived. 
and it's meant to be lived by the fullest. And he'll do that. You know, that's my favorite one, John. I come that you might have life and have it to the full. God doesn't want you to miss anything when it comes to life, okay? All right. Yeah. We're now, okay, that's it. We'll go to the next one. Are we breaking down the barriers? Living water, we, we touched on that. All right. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Now, now we're going to have a meeting here. Now we're going to have a real meeting now. Can you see they're, they're starting to meet each other? Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, that's good. Because remember, this is all drudgery to her. There, there's no happiness in this, what she's doing. Also, all the joy has, has gone from this for her, and she would like to have some, uh, at least, relief in this. He told her, go call your husband and come back. There you go. Mm. <laughs> Jesus knows exactly what to say. And I'm sure he said it in the best way possible as well. Now, why don't you go call your husband? I don't think that would go well. No, no, that probably wouldn't go well. No. Uh, I have no husband. Now, what's she, what's she doing now? She's starting to be honest. We've, we've left some superfluous stuff behind now, and, we're, and what we're going to have is a meeting of the souls. I, that's what I call it. You know when you have that with someone. You know, when two souls meet. You know when you have that. And it's just a wonderful feeling. Gonna, okay, we're getting close there now. Uh, I have no husband. She's starting to be honest and um, maybe come down from her S Samaritan high horse. And, and, uh, and it w uh, maybe she's going to be willing to actually talk to Jesus. We'll see. Uh, <clears throat> she replied, Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. And that's terrible to admit in that time. That is a big thing to, for her to admit. You know, she, she, she doesn't have a man. <clears throat> the fact is you've had five husbands. And the man you now have, and I love this word have here. I've studied on that because when you say some, somebody has a disease, you know, that's, just, that's the word. Yeah. It's, it's that she's got a husband. You know, but she don't have a husband. <laughs> well, yeah, it could, it could be a good thing. It could be half gold, too. It could be half gold. It's okay. Man, you have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And it's important that Jesus affirms the truth that's taking place. Because later we're going to find out that true worship is what? In spirit and in truth. And what's, where is she doing now? She's getting close. She's moving in. That's good. That's good. Uh, the fact is, we have, uh, husband, what you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Now, uh, 
she, she's starting to realize that something's going on. Something's going on. And it is, it is something that's good. Now, Jesus has moved now from being just a Jew in her idea to being what? Prophet. And why? Because he told her what's going on in her life. I've had people do that to me. How do you know that? <laughs> How do you know that? You know, sometimes I don't even tell them that they know something. I keep that to myself. You know, I don't want that to get out. Oh, sir, the woman said, "I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but the Jews claim that the place where to worship is Jerusalem." And what's she pointing out is separation. She's talking about separation. And, uh, there, that she, and now she's come back to that. You know, uh, that was her go-to from the beginning, okay, is a separate. You know, you got no business talking to me, and Jews don't do that. And, and Jesus is a Jew, and he does it. There, that's different. Yeah, good, good. Uh, I can see the uh, claim. Oh, yeah, okay, we did that. Uh, but, but she's pointing out the difference between them. And Jesus, of course, he's going to go on uh, uh, trying to get what is common with them. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this may be a place to remind you that God's tent includes more people than you think. What's first of all in the scripture that tips us off with that is one when Elijah bemoans to God that he's the only one left. And, and God has to remind him that he has 7,000 that has not bowed their knee to Baal. God, it, there's more in God's tent than you, than you can think of. Uh, he, he has more ways to do that. And you will see, and especially in this particular section here and dealing with these uh, Samaritans, that Jesus is realized to be the Savior of the world. And his people would, would, if they would mark him as Messiah, he would be the savior of the Jewish people. That's not where Jesus is going. That's not what he is doing. He is the savior of the world. And that's, you, you want to get that down uh, pat, okay, that he's the savior of the world. Okay, let's go to our next slide. <clears throat> Woman, uh, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Well, I thought that was the only place you could worship was in Jerusalem. That's where the temple's at, and that's where all the sacrifices take place. And No, no, time coming. There's time coming when you don't have to do that. Neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. Our salvation is from the Jews. 
Yeah, amen. Amen. Jesus is a Jew. Never lose sight of that. And it is the Jewish people that were brought in to, to produce several things, and one of the things is the Messiah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> one of the things, yeah. And, and that's their job. And it's a good job. <laughs> exactly. It's a great job, okay? Uh, yet a time is coming and has now come. What does that mean, now come? It's in Jesus Christ when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So you worship God by spirit and certainly not by any fallacy, uh, uh, fault, uh, lies are hidden, and the more open you can be with God, the better things will go. I, I know it's hard. Okay, uh, because we have so much shame built in, into our lives and so, so much guilt, and, and I'm using guilt here in the sense of failure uh, to, the, to the Father and that, and that kind of thing. But you have to see God, and a pastor does this every once in a while, especially when he does the, the uh, prodigal son, to see what's the Father like. Father has nothing to do with all those uh, things. All he wants is his son back. He don't want another servant. He's got servants. He's got plenty of servants. That's not what he wants. He wants his son back. And who's that? That's you. Regardless of where you've been, what you've done, you have to understand how God loves you deeply, and all he wants is you back. That's all he wants. And that, this is a really good place to talk about that. How do we worship? In truth and in spirit. So as be honest as, as you... Here's, here's what I tell people. Try to practice this myself. I don't have to tell you everything about me. I don't have to do that. that that's not... But I should be with myself ruthlessly honest. Ruthlessly honest. I should do that with myself always knowing the love of God overshadows that whole thing. And the more honest I can be with myself and the more honest I can be with God, the deeper our worship will go. Okay? Oh, God, uh, all right. <clears throat> all right. Uh, uh, Father, uh, spirit and truth. Okay, God is spirit and his worshipers must must worship him in spirit and in truth. And a woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. When Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Now, this is not listed as one of the I am uh, uh, passages, okay? But it is. It is. It, I, I, I looked this up in the Greek, and the, and the words are going me, and that's the I am. That's, and, and, that, and that's all he's saying here. Uh, what, we will, what we will come across later is in the I am uh, passages, okay? So uh, now uh, Jesus says who he is. Who is he? He's Messiah. He's Messiah. I am. That's important. He affirms who he is. Yeah, Daryl. Yeah, that 
Good point. He, yeah, yeah, he, he's really disclosing to her. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Let's go to our next slide. Just then the disciples returned. Where they are back. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in this bucket, okay? It's, it's got lunch in it now, okay? The bucket has lunch in it now, okay? But they got it. They got it. Then the disciples returned, and we're, now, you're supposed to do this, okay? They're, they're set up for this, okay? Don't be guilty of, we're, we're not going to be proud when we leave here, amen? We're not going to be that. No, we're not going to do that, okay? But we're still supposed to make fun of this, Okay? We're, we're supposed to. See, we know, and John writes this so that we, we know more than anybody else around there. You know what I mean? We know all this This took place between Jesus and this woman. They don't know anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I did not get that working through. That's excellent. That is excellent, yeah. What are we going to do today, Jesus? Well, we've got to get you out of the way first. That's first, Lego. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make room for this woman here. All right. Excellent. Uh, what do, oh, what is this? Uh, talking, oh, he's talking to a woman. But no one asked him, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, nobody asked him that. I wonder why not. I'm sorry? Of what? Of the answer. Of the answer. Oh, something up here ain't right, yeah. <laughs> okay. Then leaving, what, leaving her water jar. Now, what does that mean? Who, who said she's coming back? Yeah, she's coming back, but she leaves it. No. But that's a good guess, yeah. But, but, but. Well, yeah, but she's got, all of a sudden now, she's got business. <laughs> she's on to something. And now she's got business. Yeah. Right. Her priorities are already rearranged. Good thing. Her priorities are already rearranged. Oh, Dave, yeah.
right, right, right. Except they brought back lunch. That's a good point. That's a good point. No. No. But you're supposed to be now you're supposed to feel like that because you you know more than anybody else, right? Except for Jesus in this, you know more than a woman, you yeah, you you know more than John want, John writes this so you so that you're like that, okay, and that you can see this, and hopefully, he wants to see this in ourselves if we have this in ourselves. Of course, he wants to see us in ourselves. Oh. Yes, and and Jesus will bring them along as he can. Yes. No, I think the boys knew they were going home because Jesus had the lunch. <laughs> Oh, that's a good, that's a good, just the idea of uh, what are you doing in the, which took me such a long time to learn when I go shopping with my wife that we're actually shopping. I was wanting to bat, to find something to bag it and bring it home. I, and so we'd have, oh, sometimes it was ugly. Oh, and be, because I was working on something and she was doing something else and I didn't have any idea what she was doing. But you got, yeah, but I got it. Yeah, my, I'm hearing you, aren't I, Pastor, that they had lunch on their mind, and that's what they're doing. They're doing lunch. <laughs> yeah, men don't do that. Who, who said multitask? Yeah, no, yeah, men don't do that. Yeah. Our minds are really simple. We, yeah, all right. That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, they're leaving. Leaving water. Okay. Uh, oh, and leaving her water jar, the woman went back into the town and said to the people, come see a man. Where have you heard that before? Where have you heard? In the very start of the gospel of John, the first two disciples that began to follow Jesus, he turned around and asked them, what do you want? That's the first statement. And the next statement was, of course, they, they're telling him that they want to see where he lives or whatever. And what did he say? Come see. This is something, there's some things that nobody can tell you. You must experience them for yourself. And that's what this is here. Uh, this is the, the great message of beginning this adventure is what? Come see. 
Well, I wonder where my life is going to go. Come along, let's see. Yes, yes. Come see. You, you have to experience this. We'll talk a little bit later about that as, as well. Uh, if, if we get, we're not going to get there. So that, but that's fine. That's fine. It's okay. It's, it's okay. I, I, but just in case we had the, the, the healing of the nobleman's son there, okay? But we, we probably won't get there tonight. But I love this story here. Then, Okay, this is not like one of the signs or anything, but these encounters with people are so, like with Nicodemus, oh, how wonderful. And now with this woman, especially because she's so successful. You know, you talk about a success, man. She's, she's a success. Yes. And my heart goes out for her because I hope it's true for me that here is a real loser. This woman is a real loser in life. How many husbands has she had and she can't keep any of them? And the man she now has is not not her husband. But she has him anyway. And what happens to her life when meeting Jesus? It's all turned her. And she's the most successful person on earth in this story, except Jesus, who wins her. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, you're, you're, John's begging you to see this difference, this contrast between the disciples and, and her. And, okay. Uh, uh, come see who told me everything I ever did, could this man be Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. There they go again. They're on. They got lunch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, mine. There's some things you can't say. No, there's something you can't write. No, it's good. Yeah. And you know there's all whoever you meet, whoever you meet, no how no, no matter how well you think you know, there's always more. Oh yeah. Thank you. That's all. Just just remember that. That there is actually a real human being in front of you who has a real life. Messed up as it might be, it's theirs. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good point. That, oh, that's excellent, Jerry. That's excellent. They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Did that woman have lunch here? <laughs> That's good. I'll never, I'll never be the same with this text as I, after going through it with you. Yeah. yeah. Could somebody else have brought him food? Yeah. They act like mothers, don't they? Yeah, we got to have so many calories stuffed into them, you know. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah, we got, uh, okay, let's go to our next slide. Uh, my food uh, is to do the will of him who sent me. That, that's when, when you get lost in your work. It, it happens to you every once in a while. You lose, you, you slip into a timelessness. And that's what happened here because he was doing this important work of, of reaching out to this woman. And, oh, okay, I, I don't, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest, and I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields that are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a, a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper might be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true, and I sent you to reap what you have not worked for, and others have done the hard work, and you are to reap the benefits of their labor. Uh, one writer said that where Jesus was here, that you could see the, the city of Sychar, and these people were streaming out of there in their white robes. They wore a lot of white. Uh, streaming out of there in their white robes, and Jesus said, now there's the harvest. Okay. Uh, that, that could be, okay. I, I know it's awful picturesque. Daryl. Yeah. Uh, what I see here, especially when he's talking about the reaping and sowing and the good and the harvest, he's saying that we as believers have to work past these very things that are up here. Oh, that's a good point. And, and the woman needed to be harvested there. She, she, was, she was right with her life and ripe with, okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, we still got him on, we, we got him in the wings. We're still, we're hoping for him. Y'all been praying for him. Yeah, he, he's still there. Yeah. Yeah, he's not, he's not totally lost, okay? Still there. Okay, let's go to our next one. <clears throat> Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. You cannot get around that personal experience. Never forget that. People can argue with you about the text. Now, they can argue about what happened yesterday in the news, but they cannot argue with you about your personal experience. Okay? All right. Uh, uh, he told me everything I ever did. And when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. Yeah. Now, boy, his thing's different. Here he's been run out of every place he goes. The Pharisees hate him. The Sanhedrin hates him. Everybody hates him except what? The doggone Samaritans. They love him. They're asking him to stay. Oh, it's a, it's a, I think that's just a wonderful text, you know. Just, and it's fun to read. It's fun to read. Here's what Jesus does. It's weird. You think you know what's going on. Jesus comes into the picture, changes everything around, and then walks off. And everything you thought was right has become wrong, and everything that's wrong has become right. It's a weird thing. I don't, I stumbled onto this. You know, one of my favorite characters is the madman from Gadarene, fifth chapter of Mark. One of my favorite uh, characters. And when you get there, everybody knows who's crazy. It's a guy we put in chains all the time. He's right over there. 
everybody knows who's crazy. But when you get to the end of it and they're asking Jesus to leave and concerned about their hogs, you wonder who's crazy now. Well, this man's is in his right. That's what happened here. Jesus walks in there and everything you thought was right. This woman was a loser. She was bottom of the food chain, all that kind of thing. And, and what? Boom. There she is. Number one person on planet Earth. What a wonderful, wonderful story. There's hope for you. <laughs> There's hope for you. It ain't over yet. Okay. We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now, we, we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is Savior of the world. He's not here just to save Jews. He's here to what? Save the world. Okay? We'll quit with that. We run over about, about two, three minutes, okay? Uh, let's thank God for... Thank God for John writing this. And then somebody had taught us to read. We're so thankful for that. Lord, we thank you for your word and how it blesses our hearts and blesses our lives. We ask you to bless it that it would bring fruit in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.